الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد Respected elders and dear brothers السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته One of the most fundamental aspects of our deen and our spirituality that the Quran Kareem and the blessed sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam continuously draws our attention to is the aspect of wishing well for my fellow Muslim With that being said Amongst the many favors and bounties that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with was that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed him with being jawami'ul kalim. What does it mean to be jawami'ul kalim? It means that Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on certain occasions would utter certain words which were concise yet they were comprehensive in their meaning. One such example is the hadith narrated by Imam Muslim rahimahullahu ta'ala on the authority of Abu Ruqayyah Tamim al-Dari radiyallahu ta'ala an. Tamim al-Dari radiyallahu ta'ala an is that great illustrious sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam whom we love and we revere. He accepted Islam in the ninth year after Hijrah. He is that illustrious sahabi who introduced the usage of oil lamps in the masjid. And he is that great illustrious sahabi whom we love. At one occasion prior to his Islam, he was shipwrecked on an island amongst a group and they had encountered Dajjal. And then they reported this incident of the meeting of Dajjal to Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is Tamim al-Dari radiallahu ta'ala an. He says, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam once addressed us and he said to us, Ad-deen an-nasihah. Your religion, your way of life, Islam is nasihah. In other words, O oh my sahaba, if you had to take Islam, your way of life, your religion, and present it to someone, in a nutshell, in the form of a summary, you could summarize it in one word and that would be nasiha. We might be familiar with one translation of the word nasiha, which is to give good advice and to give good counsel. But the experts in the Arabic language, they tell us that the word nasiha is a comprehensive word. It includes many meanings. As we explained before that Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was jawami'ul kalim. One word, but a person would need many pages to explain the meaning of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The linguistic meaning of the word nasiha is تَخْلِيصُ الشَّيْءِ مِنَ الشَّوَائِبِ وَالدَّوَاخِلِ وَالْمُكَدِّرَاتِ For a person to purify something, to remove a foreign object from something, to cleanse something, that is the meaning or the linguistic meaning of the word nasiha. It comes from the root letters noon, sad, and ha. So if I remove wax from honey, I would be making nusah of the honey. If I filtered milk, then I would be making nusah of that milk. The intended meaning of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in this beautiful hadith is, commentators of a hadith explain, قِيَامُ النَّاصِحِ لِلْمَنْصُوحِ لَهُ بِوُجُوهِ الْخَيْرِ إِرَادَةً وَفِعْلًا for a person to carry out all forms of good, all forms of sincerity, purity, and well-wishing to whomsoever he is displaying nasiha to, not only by his words and actions, but by his thoughts as well. To wish well for the next person with your thoughts. This is the intended meaning of nasiha in the hadith. So Sahaba radiallahu anhum had these meanings in their mind of nasiha, which is sincerity, 
purity, to give good advice, to be a well-wisher. But it was sort of ambiguous in the sense that nasiha is something that is manifested or displayed to an object. So they prompted Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Nabi of Allah, tell us, Qulna liman ya Rasulullah, whom do we display nasiha to? So Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave them five categories to whom a believer should display nasiha to. And the reason we are using the Arabic word nasiha is because we will see that the different categories have different meanings attached to them. To Allah, to His book, to His messenger, to Muslim leaders, religious scholars, and the general masses and the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. These are the five categories. This hadith in its entirety, ad-deen al-nasiha. Imam al-Nawawi rahimahullahu ta'ala commentating on this hadith, he says it covers a person's fundamentals of deen. Imam Khattabi rahimahullahu ta'ala, another scholar, he says that this hadith is one quarter of a person's deen. So the first category, a believer should display nasiha and say is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How do we display nasiha to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How do we become sincere to Allah? The verse in Surah Jinn, قُلْ إِنَّمَا أَدْعُوا رَبِّي وَلَا أُشْرِكُ بِرَبِّي أَحَدًا O Nabi of Allah, say unto them, tell them that I do not worship anyone or any being besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I do not ascribe any partners to Allah. So when we make dua, we make dua to Allah. We do not allow anyone to share Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only deity that is worthy of worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only deity worthy of worship and we do not ascribe any partners to Allah then we obey the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the commandments that have come down unto us in the sharia in the quran in the sunnah and that which has been said to us by our pious predecessors. We don't try to find loopholes and we don't compromise the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we do that, then we are not being sincere to Allah. We are not displaying nasiha to Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, As a believer, we should be in Islam. We should follow Islam in its entirety. We don't follow Islam according to our whims, our desires and our fancies. We don't become of those who reject that which we do not understand and we regard as irrational. That is not being sincere. One of the easiest ways that we can gain close proximity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well and how we can display nasiha to Allah is by realizing the fact that we are in desperate need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all our affairs. We are desperate for the help of Allah by realizing the fact that we rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for absolutely everything. Allah says in Surah Fatir, Ya ayyuhan nas, O mankind, listen. And Allah is clear, Allah is direct, unequivocally He says, Antumul fuqara'u ilallah, you are, I am a beggar unto Allah. Regardless of the wealth that you enjoy, the knowledge that you possess, the position that you may assume, you are a beggar unto Allah. Wallahu huwal ghaniyul hamid. But who is Allah? Allah is ghani. Allah is independent. Allah is not in need of our worship. Allah is not in need of our duas. Allah is not in need of our ibadah. When we realize this, when we internalize it, then we are becoming sincere to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we are displaying nasiha to Allah. The second category, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, and to the book of Allah. How do we become sincere? How do we display sincerity and nasiha to the book of Allah? We believe that this Quran is a divine speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
each and every harf, the verses that come in the Mus'haf of the Qur'an are divine speech from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed unto us via the medium of Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam unto Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the very same Qur'an has reached us today 14 to 1500 years later in pristine authentic form. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Ya ayyuhan nas qad ja'atkum maw'idatum min rabbikum wa shifa'un lima fi sudur وَهُدًا وَرَحْمَةٌ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ O mankind, certainly advices have come to you from your Rabb, the Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to it as maw'idah. What is this Qur'an? This Qur'an is shifa'un lima fi sudur. It is a means of cure for that which lies within our hearts. If we are affected with pride, haughtiness, arrogance, jealousy, malice, this Qur'an has the power to rid us from these spiritual maladies. It is a source of guidance. Allah refers to it as Buddha. It is a source of guidance, whether we can understand the meanings or not. And history bears testimony to the fact that so many listened to the Quran being recited and automatically this brought tears to their eyes. Some of them accepted Islam. This is the power that the Quran has and we need to realize the power of the Quran. It is nur and divine light from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for us. The incident of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala anhu is famous. Each and every one of us know of this incident that he was on the way to harm Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he heard, he heard the verse. It created such a revolution in his heart that from becoming an arch enemy of Islam, he became one of the most beloved, high-ranking companions of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam just by merely listening to the Qur'an. وَرَحْمَةٌ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ This Qur'an is a mercy unto believers. Each and every one of us is looking and searching for mercy in our homes, in our relationships, in our businesses. The Qur'an is our solution. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَرَحْمَةٌ It is a means of mercy for us. In the hadith of Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu, it is clear. Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that if you recite the Qur'an, then angels gather to listen to you reciting the Qur'an. وَحَفَّتْ عَلَيْهِمُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ وَغَشْيَتْهُمُ الرَّحْمَةِ And mercy encompasses you. وَنَزَلَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ السَّكِينَةِ And sakina and tranquility and peace descends upon you from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the cherry on the top, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions you to the galaxy of angels that so and so servant is reciting my kalam. This is the power of the Qur'an. In times of trial and tribulation, that's globally and locally. There's no need to go into detail. But subhanallah, when Allah refers to the Qur'an, He says, Hablullah. Why does He refer to the Qur'an as Hablullah? Because when we want salvation, then we hold on to something firmly. So like that, the rope of Allah is the Qur'an, and we need to hold on to the Qur'an. This is how we display sincerity to the Qur'an. Then, is the, then the third category, Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Wali Rasuli. To display sincerity and nasiha to the paragon of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How do we, do, how do we display nasiha? We believe that Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the last and final messenger. There is no messenger and Nabi to come after him. His rank is such that had he been present in the time of other anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam, then they would have had to follow Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah mentions in the Quran, وَإِذْ أَخَذَ اللَّهُ مِيثَاقَ النَّبِيِّينَ لَمَا آتَيْتُكُمْ مِنْ كِتَابٍ وَحِكْمَةٍ ثُمَّ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ مُصَدِّقٌ لِمَا مَعَكُمْ 
You will most certainly have to follow him and you will most certainly have to assist him. He is the leader of all the Anbiya. When we realize this, then we are displaying sincerity to Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Practically, what can we do to display nasiha to Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Ulama tell us the least we can do effortless is to recite durood upon Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Let us recite one durood, my brothers. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina wa Mawlana Muhammadin wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. The action of durood is so virtuous, so important, so significant that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran, He informs us that He Himself recites durood upon Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Inna Allah wa malaikatahu, Allah and His angels, they send salutations upon Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As believers, we should also be doing the same. Ulama explained that minimum, at least, a person can do every single day is recite 300 durood upon Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Take the shortest durood and recite it. Get into the habit of reciting durood upon Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Let us make a firm intention that we will do it today, inshaAllah ta'ala. Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, فَأَكْثِرُوا عَلَيَّ مِنَ الصَّلَاةِ فِيهِ That on the day of Friday, recite abundant durood upon me. These durood are presented before Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he is aware that so and so follower and ummati of mine has sent me durood. The action of durood is so virtuous. It is not something that can only benefit us in this world, but it is something that can benefit us in the akhirah. Allama Sakhawi rahimahullahu ta'ala in Al-Qawlul Badi' mentions a beautiful incident of one of our pious predecessors by the name of Abu Hafs Al-Kaghadi rahimahullahu ta'ala. So he passed on and a few people had seen Abu Hafs in a dream. So they asked him, how did you fare in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? He says, Allah forgave me. Allah had mercy on me and Allah admitted me into paradise. So they were surprised in the dream. They asked him, how is that so? So he says, when I stood before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah commanded the angels to bring forth my sins and place them on one side. Angels to bring the quantity and the amount of durood that I had recited in this world and place it on the other side and compare the two. The malaika found that durood was much more in number than my sins. Based on this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not only admitted Abu Hafs al-Kaghadi rahimahullah in paradise, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't even take him to account. This is a means of encouragement for us that how we can bring about the recitation of durood alive. And as we mentioned yesterday, that we are going on to a collective amal in our community to save us and bring us afiyah. So let us get into the habit insha'Allah ta'ala of reciting durood upon Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The fourth category that Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam advises us to display nasiha to is to Muslim leaders and our religious scholars and the ulama. How do I display sincerity? How do I wish well to our Muslim scholars and leaders? We don't, we don't have a unified khalifa, so to say, in our time, but we do have ulama. How do I display sincerity to them? I should respect them, revere them, and protest against them, follow them in that which they tell us is correct and permissible. That is nasiha. The Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to us, it's part of your deen to do that. When they require good counsel from you, then give them good advices and good counsel. And the last and final category that Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam advises us to display nasiha to, to wish well for, to be sincere to, to give good counsel to, 
is to the general masses, each and every reciter of the kalima, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ulama explain under this category, there's much that can be discussed. Each and every one of us could probably have an interpretation regarding how we can be well wishes to others. But they tell us that if you had to look at the entire chapter of akhlaq, the entire chapter of good con- conduct, and summarize it or put it in one word, then you could be able to do that in one word and that would be mahabba. If a person has love in his heart for his fellow Muslim brother or her fellow Muslim sister, then automatically this love will propel a person to be a well-wisher. If I have love in my heart, then I will not hold grudges against my neighbor. If I have love in my heart, then I will be supportive and I will be encouraged when I see that others are rising up in profits or in position or are being promoted. If I have love in my heart as a businessman, as a tradesman, I will make dua and be supportive when I see that my fellow Muslim brother, so to say a competitor, is rising in profits. I will not harbor malice, jealousy, hatred. I will not practice on deceit in relationships. I won't argue over petty things. This is as a result of the mahabba that lies within our hearts that will drive us to be well-wishers for each and every reciter of the kalima, La ilaha illallah. How significant is nasiha and well-wishing in Islam to display it to others? How important is it? Let us study the life of a great sahabi by the name of Jarir bin Abdullah al-Bajali radiyallahu ta'ala an. Jarir bin Abdullah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu says, بَايَعْتُ النَّبِيَّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ عَلَىٰ إِقَامِ الصَّلَاةِ وَإِتَاءِ الزَّكَاةِ وَالنُّصْحِ لِكُلِّ مُسْلِمٍ I actually pledged allegiance at the hand of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu that I will, establish, I will discharge my zakah and I will be a well-wisher for each and every Muslim. That is the importance that they gave to nasiha and well-wishing. That they placed it in the same rank as establishing salah and discharging zakah. This is the rank of nasiha and well-wishing in our deen. Each and every one of us, we make pledges to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We make dua unto Allah in the month of Ramadan, in the other sacred months after salah. If a difficulty afflicts us, we turn to Allah and we make a pledge unto Allah that we will never return to so and so mistake. We will change our behavior. We will change the way we deal with others. Each and every one of us pledge to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The question remains that how... Have I kept up to my pledge? Have I kept up to my pledge that I made to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when I repented from so and so mistake in the month of Ramadan or in Muharram or when I went for Umrah? Subhanallah, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes tawbah in the Quran, He describes it as tawbatan. Same word. Allah wants to see a tawbah that is pure, sincere, free from any uh, dirt, murkiness. That is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to see from us when we turn unto him and we pledge unto him that we will never return to so and so mistake let us see the same sahabi jarir bin abdullah how did he keep up to his pledge that he made to nabiya kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam muhaddithun they explain or they narrate an incident regarding jarir that jarir bin abdullah once required a conveyance so he sent to the marketplace and purchased a horse and the servant went out he reached the horse and he returned with the seller of the horse. Jarir bin Abdullah looks at the horse and he says, you know what, the value of this horse, we paid 300. It looks like it's much more than 300. We're undercutting the person here. So 
he says to the seller, let's do a redeal. So they did the, re- they, they did, they did the deal again at 400. The seller said, by all means, no problem, let's do it at 400. So they did it at 400. And he looks at the horse again, and he says, you know what, the value of this horse is much more than 400. Let's do it again at 500. And like this, Jareed kept on raising the price from 300 to 400 to 500 to 600 to 700. Eventually, he paid 800 dirhams for a horse that was going for 300 dirhams. This is how Jareed bin Abdullah al-Bajali radiallahu ta'ala anhu kept up to his pledge that he made to the Nabi of Allah. A beautiful statement is mentioned in Lata'if al-Ma'arif. Abu Bakr al-Muzani rahimahullahu ta'ala says something amazing, amazing. مَا فَاقَ أَبُو بَكْرٍ أَصْحَابَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ بِصَوْمٍ وَلَا بِصَلَاةٍ وَلَكِنْ شَيْءٌ كَانَ فِي قَلْبِهِ Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu did not surpass the other companions. May Allah be pleased with all of them. He did not surpass them in rank because of extra salah or extra fasting. But there was something in his heart. Something in his heart that allowed him to enjoy the position he enjoyed. So Ibn Ulayya rahimahullahu ta'ala says that which was in his heart was two things. Al-hubbu fillah, that intense, immense love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and wal-nusuh that he was a well-wisher to each and every creation, not a Muslim, to each and every creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we know if we read the life of Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu, amazing incidents of how he gave and he assisted the Nabi of Allah. He was a true well-wisher for this ummah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us this quality of nasiha, which is the essence of our deen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to exercise nasiha to Allah, to his book, to his messenger, to our leaders, ulama, and to the general masses and the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq of making amal and practicing on whatever was said and heard. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.